to full course yellow at the earlier time of 8.30. It's all a bit strange tonight, sort of getting ready for all this. It seems uh, seems very early, but we're at the new family-friendly time of 8.30. So the in-pit lane after show has become the in-pit lane kick-off show. So, uh, so welcome. So I hope you'll, uh, hope you'll be joining us on Channel 31 at 9.30. So we won't, uh, we won't be dragging on until, uh, until all ungodly hours. We'll be getting out of here before 9.30 so that you can watch, uh, you can watch this week's edition of in-pit lane where we'll be previewing the Australian MotoGP at uh, Phillip Island this week. Though, although it might, whether it's the um, whether we have a, a, a Phillip Island Grand Prix will be a, might be a different thing depending on what happens with the situation down at beautiful Phillip Island. There it is at the moment. That was uh, that was from the Honda team this afternoon when they went they were, you know, they went on a track walk. It turned out to be a, a, a track wade basically, but uh, that's that's down at Stone a corner so uh, that's what it looks like at the moment down at Phillip Island obviously this weather if you're wherever you are in uh, Victoria Tasmania uh, southern New South Wales over in South Australia there's a huge band of rain lots of flooding everywhere I hope that you're uh, hope you're coping well I hope that everything is safe and sound where you are and we'll try and uh, we'll try and give you a bit of a distraction over the next sort of you know 45 minutes to uh, 45 to 50 minutes joining me this week to uh, to help in this, um, we've got uh, we've got Craig Doc Gladigo also joining us at the new earlier time. See, this is this is a benefit. We get Richard Outram is joining us as well because you know he he doesn't stay up late these days, and uh, also joining us of course Peter Johnson as well. So g'day guys, how are we? Right, Very good, thanks, Brett. Just while the other boys get right. their uh, right. get thank their you. stuff off mute, but uh, yeah, time to break <laughs> out the wetsuits, and all we have to do is just go out into the road, and, and we can uh, do some kneeboarding or. Or some uh, slalom, I think, around the uh, around the light posts. Incidentally, Dave, uh, Dave, <laughs> not uh, Dave, not with us because he's he's heading down to Phillip Island. Uh, obviously, uh, he'll be uh, officiating down there and helping out. I imagine with the the medical team down there on the weekend. Congrats. So um, he stole his beamer during the week as well too. I did happen to notice. So he had it on, didn't have it on the market very long and got snapped up very quickly. Yes, well, that's uh, that, that's good, but uh, yeah, whoa, hot mic. So, which uh, I take it that's my mic is is a bit hot, Tony. So I'll turn that down a bit. So there you go. Is that is that any better, guys? Yeah, well, yeah, it was probably a little bit crackly, but yeah, no, that's not too bad, I suppose. Okay, we've got this. Just a, it's too early. You do have the biggest mic in the room right now, though. <laughs> I don't like to boast, but you know, I mean, it's not, it's it's not it's not the size of the mic. It's, it's how you use it. I mean, I think hey, everybody knows that. Big black thing over there. <laughs> that's that's funny. That's what she said. Now, yeah. can, can, now, now coming. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, well, what about the socking devil? Well, like, yeah, we're starting to... early tonight, Richard. Where, 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 where will we go with this one, Richard? Where, where, where... We, 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 we practice. We pra- practice <laughs> safe broadcasting here on uh, safe broadcasting here on well, Inpit Lane. Only time as you said. Though, oh. we? So we, we can we can let the, we can't swear until after nine o'clock, or we can't play the Gremlins either. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's for sure. There, good day, box. Love the the kickoff show. Yes, that's it. Uh, so yes, we're we're kicking off. As I said, do turn over tonight, and also straight afterwards, we go straight into the premiere on uh, on YouTube as well. So if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, just hang around on YouTube. Just flick over to uh, to tonight's program. Our guest, uh, Terran Fleming, a young uh, rider, and and I tell you what, I mean, we don't want to give too much away, but wasn't he an impressive young kid? 
He he was a little bit in awe of the situation. We didn't have much time to prepare him, but he did exceptionally well. He's a great young fellow. So uh, he's just, you know, he's not even a teenager yet, and he has high aspirations. The lucky little devil gets to uh, gets to be in some very esteemed company in the next. Uh, I, couple I just of love years. I just love the way he casually says on the program, it's like yeah, you know, like twelve years old he is, and he just casually says, you know, like yeah, oh yeah, I'll be riding at Phillip Island, and you ask him how fast, oh yeah, I'll be yeah. about one hundred and forty kilometers an hour. It's like twelve year olds you know, driving riding at one hundred and. Uh, that was, about the speed I got home. that was about the speed after I got on. I was on the uh, Monash. No, no, I would be careful. Uh, no, 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 no. no. I was riding home from the Monash on Tuesday night as well. Though, so. And hello to hello to some of our, our viewers, our friends from the Victoria Police Motorsport Club. <laughs> and, of course, Craig is joking. Craig is, Craig is just playing a character on television. Craig would never break the spot. I, I realise that they do a 10% uh, uh, inflation rule on their speed cameras, so I knew if I was doing only between 100 and 104, I'm deemed about 100 anyway. But, yeah, it was uh, – it was yeah, thank God for the beautiful night we had on Tuesday night, though. Look what's happened now since, subsequently. Yes, yeah, so it would have been, uh, would have been pretty chaotic. Uh, would have been pretty cha- chaotic uh, there. Uh, yes, yeah, yes nice, nice point, Andrew. Yes, Daniel Ricardo has uh, has also uh, has jumped in on that and said that perhaps things should have started earlier. But uh, as it worked out, it worked out beautifully for us. I mean, because we got to watch Bathurst, we got to they basically crossed the they basically crossed the finish line at Bathurst. You know, Shane did his burnout celebration and uh, like burnout on his tyres. That was going to be heavily sanctioned. I saw beforehand. I don't think it would have mattered what they did. They could have had, you know, they could have had armed guards around the place. Shane was doing that burnout. He shredded that tire, and, the, and then he burned himself out the next day, as we all saw the next morning. <laughs> that was so funny. You talk, Garth. <laughs> yeah, the look on Garth Anders' face. <laughs> Yeah, so, the wind was blowing. Yeah, so, so yeah, so con- congratulations to uh, to Shane and Garth. We'll talk about Bathurst in just a moment. We'll go through we'll get the rest of the uh, go through the rest of the people. Uh, then we've got Giuseppe is uh, is joining us as well. Okay, Giuseppe, how are you? Uh, said Tony, uh, Tony joining us. Um, Paul Vandenacker is uh, joining us Nacker once again. I, I turned it down a little bit more, so I mean, but yes, look as as you well know, Paul, I'm I'm louder than most people in any. I'm going to interject a little bit here because Nackers needs a bit of an, uh, an accolade spent on him because uh, he's very uh, prolific with his posts on Facebook. Nackers is, and we're all friends with him, of course. So he's he's pops up quite regularly, and it's to do with the flag marshalling stuff. And I do have to take exception to one of the, uh, I think it was the Newcastle Racing Club up up north, of course, because, you know, Paul can sometimes do three meetings in three weeks and flying into state. And uh, one of the posts for Dakers was he was, he happened to, uh, one of his mates, I think, put up, there was a, a post about, uh, a shout out to all the flag marshals down at the, at the chase at the Bathurst 1000 on the weekend that has just gone and they were the busiest crew going around because of obviously the conditions that they were all, you know, part of. The trouble was though, the Newcastle (laughs) Racing Club up there didn't put a picture of the fact that the chase at Bathurst, they put one at Winton from 2013 and had knackers in the bloody picture of it. So (laughs) 
Guys, if you get a post up in up in Queensland, if you're not on the if you get on the sugar cane a little bit too much and it starts going to your head, at least put one of the chases. Is it Bathurst, not of uh, 2013 Winton Motor Raceway? Congratulations for getting your mug out there, Mackers, and your mate as well too, and your big yellow Spe- uh, raincoats. Speaking there of speaking of which, uh, heading up to Winton tomorrow. Yes, now at this at this stage, and we say at this stage, uh, Winton is still on. They've said this afternoon. However, the whole Benalla and Wangaratta area are both under under flood watch at the moment. The King River is uh, is flooded. It always floods up there. I know. Um, you know, Melissa was from uh, from Wangaratta and spoke a lot about uh, the flood every time. You know. <laughs> was always worried about her family around winter time because you know there was, there was uh, often often really big floods in in Wangaratta and around that area and down to uh, down to Banala so Banala is uh, on flood watch so is Wangaratta so if you are heading up to uh, Winton for the uh, for the formula festival up there the all open wheel meeting and the big formula 5000s just uh, you know keep an eye out before you head off tomorrow but at this stage it is going it is de- it is definitely going ahead at the stage. Instead of actually on the track up before you, when you're going up there proceed with caution before you go. Yes, yeah, yeah. so um, good day to Maurice. Maurice is joining us as well. Dave Howard also joining us. And uh, Paul is telling us that, yes, that was uh, yes, and uh uh, the recovery of uh, James Courtney at Turn Eleven at Winton in uh, twenty twenty thirteen from the supercars round. Yeah, so that's, that's where right, yeah. that's where that photo that's where that photo was, was, uh, was from. Very funny yeah. looking chase photo. Now, this is interesting. Yes, any of us blokes heading to the World Supercross uh, at Marvel Stadium, I have tried to contact them because Doc and I did uh, the not the World Supercross. <laughs> this is the uh, the World Supercross is now uh, b- promoted by Tony Cochran, amongst other people. I've I've been onto them. I've been trying to get onto them for the last sort of you know four to five weeks to try and find out if we could get someone on the show, if we could go out and do a story on it. I've had absolutely zero response from them at all. So unfortunately, at this stage, we're not going out there. Would have liked to have gone out and uh, and and done some stories from there, there but uh, they've they've not response. Yeah, so they've not responded. There you go. Yep, that's uh, that's who, who who was that with? That's Ricky, Ricky, and oh, Ricky, Ricky and myself. He's the uh, he's the goat, gross, the goat of all time. He's won just about uh, the he won the World Supercross Championships. I think about three or four times over about five or eight years or something like that. And uh, they were in two stroke. They were in four stroke. Uh, and he had uh, some massive injuries in. in in between, and I think one of them he had a big, a big one. It was like a ACL or something with his knee. I think. He well, he was. Remember. That was his first. That was his first thing, and he wasn't. He certainly wasn't a hundred percent fit then. But he was really keen to come out. And he was terrific to deal with. We had a great day out there for that uh, for that Supercross Masters thing. And it was. It was. Yeah, was hoping to get out to, to Marvel at some stage, and I uh, thought that they'd probably have a press day or something. And I sort of said, "Look, you know, can you put us on the mail? Can you let us know what's happening? Can we get someone in?" As I said, I've spent. I've sent quite a few emails off but uh, nobody's responding which seems to be about the the way it's going I see Mark Jones uh, our mate up in Queensland Mark uh, one of the he's sort of you know Mr Motorsport in Queensland and he was having a go at uh, the mainstream media and the ABC in particular for sort of the lack of coverage of mainstream motorsport and he, what he said you know the lack of coverage of, of Bathurst particularly when you consider how popular it was and we'll talk about that in just a second 
but uh, he was also pointing out the fact that you know, yeah, the, you know, the mainstream media sort of ignored motorsport. And it, the problem is, it's not so much the mainstream media ignores motorsport; it's the it's, the, it's motorsport ignores the mainstream media. It's, it's so hard. And as I said to him, compared with other sports we've dealt with, and I've done stuff with the AFL, with Cricket Australia, with Athletics Australia, with uh, with the Ice Hockey League, a, a number of a number of Tennis Australia, all those, they are fabulous to deal with. We do a number of shows over the years, the AFL-related shows on uh, on RMITV, and they're just a pleasure to deal with. They're incredibly professional. You contact them, they contact you back. You make a request. If they can't grant the request, they'll say, sorry, we can't do that, but... He, would you like someone else? Or here's another suggestion for you. They're proactive. They want to get their message out. They want to make it inclusive. Motorsport, you're damn lucky if you get a you're damn lucky if you get a response from any of them. So as far as the um, as other entities that you just mentioned, Brett, I can second that and motion carry it because as you know, I've had a fair bit to do on the AFL ranks, and I am still slightly outside the system. But any sort of contact I still make. They bend over backwards to say, "What can we still do for you?" It's yeah, it's it's talking. Yes, when 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 you deal when you deal with uh, when you deal with those organisations, and I, I always get you know, and I'll get complaints again probably from you know, the round up the usual suspects, but they go, "Oh, you're always whinging about the motorsport does this and motorsport does that." The reason that you know you say these things is the sport could be. I mean, I, look, obviously Bathurst was incredibly popular. Let's let's not forget what happened on the weekend the telecast of the Bathurst 1000 over the weekend outrated the NRL uh, grand final it was uh, it's now it's the third most popular sporting telecast of uh, the Australian television year the first of course was Ash Barty uh, winning the final at the Australian Open second not that not that far behind the AFL Grand Final, and then not far behind that was Bathurst. The NRL Grand Final, the Rugby League was pushed way back, and then that's about the first time that that's happened in a in a long time. So you had you know, great ratings, fabulous ratings for the uh, for the Bathurst One Thousand, despite the weather, terrific crowds. So yeah, I suppose they do because yeah, the, the, what I always get back is we don't need to promote this. We've got all the people we need and. Yeah, I, I had both coverages on. I had Ko and um, Channel Pretty Seven great. on, and Channel mm-hmm. Seven for the Sunday, the Saturday, sorry, and the Friday was full of puff, puff pieces and very little car racing. Yeah, well, that's yep. sort of, it's, it's a difficult one to do. It's the same with um, it's the same with uh, the coverage of. Coverage of things like the Melbourne Cup and all the rest of it, they realise that you know they've got a lot of once a year viewers who tune in. Who like the people who are tuning in and who pay the money for KO and for Fox Sport are probably far more hardcore motor racing people who want to see all of the support categories. They want to see all the behind the scenes stuff in terms of and discussion of the the mechanicals of it all and the and the behind the scenes. A large percentage of the people who tune in on Channel Seven 
that's there once a year. That's a, you know, it's like me tuning into it's like me tuning into the old yeah, you know, the water skiing at uh, at Moomba every year. I mean, for one weekend of the year, we all became water skiing experts, and we'd all sit there and go, "Oh, he left that cut a bit late," and "Oh no, that's the other." He didn't nail that. He didn't nail that backflip, and all the rest of it. We knew we knew all about it, but we weren't really that interested in the sport that we'd follow it. You know, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. So they do like those puff pieces and speaking of which like for the uh, for the Melbourne Cup coverage which is coming up someone who does those so-called puff pieces is uh, a guy called Neil Kearney and if you know if you, if you know television in Australia you'd know the name Neil Kearney well Neil is going to be our guest on in pit lane not uh, this coming week but the week after Neil is going to be joining us in the studio in the RMITV studio to talk about his new book about the history of Longford um, apparently Neil grew up in Longford and had lots and lots of memories and decided to write a book about the uh, about the days of uh, when when the Grand Prix circus basically came to a very small town in uh, in Tasmania and uh, raced through the streets there all of the big names were there so that's going to be a lot of fun so Neil Kearney coming up in a couple of weeks time on in pit lane okay um yeah so so anyway let's talk about let's talk about Bathurst Roland Dane's come out and uh and and uh, immediately sort of said that he would like to um he, he believes that the race should have started under a safety car. He said that the conditions were not ideal, and particularly for a 1,000-kilometre race, and with so many sort of you know, co-drivers behind the wheel, it would have been much safer and, uh, and, and better off for the race as a whole if they'd have started behind the safety car and got a couple of laps in and just you know, sort of cleared the track and you know, got their bearings, found out where all of the where all the problems, where all the rivers were, where all the mud was, and then sort of, you know, taken the race from about lap two or three or something. I don't know, what is what is Richard, what do you think? Well, they've, they've, they've run races in weather like that. They had already spent two days or three days up there. They knew where all the, where the water was. Um, uh, these guys have run into each other when it's been bone dry. Uh, so, yeah, they're quite capable of getting out, doing the first couple of laps without, with running into each other or without running into each other. So, yeah, uh, no, nah, I don't agree with him. I would have run if I, if I was in a Hyundai. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think I think the thing was it's you know as he points out it's, it's you're sort of damned if you do and damned if you don't. I think that I don't know about so you know Peter saying you know online you know Peter McKinnon, McKinnon saying their inexperienced co-driver shouldn't be a, being allowed to have started, but I think that's a team call. And I think some of the teams made the wrong decision. I think if I was sort of you know the, the, a team a, a team strategist or team principal there under the circumstances because of those really difficult conditions, I'd be saying. Look, you know, under normal circumstances, we put the co-drivers in, but you know, you haven't had opportunities to start in these conditions. The conditions are really bad. Let's let's you know, for a, let's get the people. No guarantee it was still going to going to be safe, but the, the it would have been much better probably if they'd have had you know the full field of you know of the regular the number one drivers in there who are a bit more experienced and you know would hopefully be a bit more sensible about it all but uh yeah pete what do you think uh, you had a co-driver a co-driver who was jamie Whitcup 
who actually spun in the water and hit somebody. So you got a point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's funny that because I, I see that like a few people have pointed that out, and it's 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 funny how much sort of you know like anger and sort of passion you know tri- Triple Eight and the support of Triple Eight has online because if you go and have a look at something like Speed Cafe, you know any, any suggestion at all that Jamie Wincup had anything at all to do with that. Uh, that uh, incident on Mountain Strait, they, they people were absolutely outraged. But if you have a look at it, it's it's pretty clear that you know that he was he was you know bumping up against someone that you know he, he was certainly whether he caused it. I wouldn't say go as far as to say he caused it, but he was certainly very very heavily involved. And um, no one sort of pointed that out at all. It was just like you know, oh, you know, Jamie just magically went off by himself, and he didn't magically go off by himself. He uh, yeah. he was involved in it. <laughs> You could spend 12 months on doing it slow-mo and every single angle, every single camera and, and every little tap and thing. And, you know, it, unfortunately it's all going to, you know, culminate to nothing in the end because it's just four or five cars wide and, and on that amount of tarmac and grass and water, there's going to be aquaplaning rear wheel spin and, and, and slap and tickle. So the other thing as well, though, too, you've, everyone's just mentioned in the room and, and hopefully everyone's just picked up on it, uh, you first kicked off with Roland Dane. Well, Roland Dane, whether you love him or hate him, he does always have intel- something intelligent to spe- uh, say. And, and oh, you know, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh well, okay. He has, you know, he, he doesn't have probably where he's coming from, but he is he he is very concise with his comments. The other thing as well too is, is in, as we all know, he has stepped away from running a particular Triple Eight racing team, but still remains in the forum of the motorsports uh, diaries of everybody. And I don't know if anyone noticed, and you just mentioned, guys, uh, Brett, he will be having a regular column on Speed Cafe in future, more from this week onwards, as already has done his first editorial. So... He, yeah, I find that I find that interesting. I find there's a, there's a lot happening at Speed Cafe at the moment that I find interesting. <laughs> yeah, and we've talked about the hierarchy going upwards and upwards and higher and higher. But yeah, Roland's Roland's going to be doing a, a, a at least a lot once or twice a week, possibly editorial. He's already started, so uh, yeah, there's going to be an influence there. And as you said, he's he's a much loved and either love to hate him or hate to love him. So um, yeah. Fair enough, but he does have some good points sometimes. I'm not a huge fan of the way they go about things from that particular area of the motorsport, but he can be right, and, and the other ones. He, he uh, look, I think I think the point. Yeah, and no, I think the point is, I mean, if you if you're going to talk, if you're going to look at yeah you know, the column that he's going, it'll be interesting to get his insight. But I mean, you've got to put that insight through the filter of you know he's obviously going to say things that sort of you know benefit or you know are to the to the promotion of Triple Eight. I mean, you know, he's hardly. It's funny he said something about you know like it's really great to be a part of Speed Cafe as you know, because it's a it's an independent uh, you know it's an independent uh, you know, motorsport media outlet. Um, if it was a totally independent motorsport media outlet, Roland Dane would not be a uh, would not would not be a, a columnist there. That's yeah, you know, that's the bottom line there. I mean, but anyway, I I, I, I get in trouble. I, I've raised this with people at Auto. I've had arguments with you know with all sorts of journalists over the years about sort of the things that had happened if I was the editor of some of these magazines, and they all sort of agreed that none of them would have, none of them would work for me because I'd. Uh, 
yeah, I'd, I'd hold a few of them to account because there's a few sort of dodgy things going on. But anyway, by the way, Mark, no, we did, we did miss you, Mark. I mean, we, we certainly, we yes, certainly we missed you. Yes, we do. Um, um, yes, that, so that's interesting. I, uh, the Enforcer and the Dudes uh, episode with uh, Roald Dane and Peter Adderton. Speaking of, uh, I'll get to you in a sec, Peter. I just want to say, yeah, I speaking did, of I didn't, Peter Adderton. I um, checked that podcast, but I heard there was a lot of commentary about them commentating and a few home truths, and it was one of their Well, there's, there, there's four people who have very strong opinions and are not frightened to put them are not frightened to put them out there. But speaking of Peter Adderton, I mean, he's probably uh, not my favourite person in terms of you know, some of the things he says and does, but you've got to say he puts his money where his mouth is. He's a great supporter of, uh, of the sport and of, of young talent. And uh, just before we went to where this, this was announced and we saw this, and that's, uh, that's the S. 5,000 that's going to be driven at the Gold Coast uh, Street Race by Jordan Boys, sponsored by Boost, and uh, it looks, I don't know about you guys, I think that looks a million dollars. That looks that looks very sexy indeed. One, uh, just Makes as you just really on the cool. point of the, uh, those guys that you mentioned while everyone's getting to peruse and, and drool over that wonderful S5,000 there, uh, I did see the Mr. Adderton, and he is a man of the people. He was up at the top of the mountain, hanging out with all the locals and having a chat with them. And you got to, you know, and I've seen Paul Morris at the track many a times. He he doesn't shirk away from actually catching up with the public or listening to people and talking to people. Uh, he's not one of those ones. I'm too good for I'm too good for the masses. I'm just going to go hide in a corner and, and sit my latte. Somebody else can deal with the PR. So, and and from what all it's worth, I never had obviously had much to do. With, with the enforcer, because he's a little bit older than my era, and I missed out on that, but I never heard of, you know, any problems with him as well, too. So, as you said, and the great part about it is... I'll talk to you later. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, I think you might, yeah. The good thing about it, though, is that the all those guys don't actually have an allegiance to anyone or anything these days. I mean, Paul's got his finance, and obviously he's super cheap, his company and stuff like all that sort of stuff, but... They don't owe anything to supercars or anything like that, and they're not afraid to say, as you say, they'll they'll call a spade a spade. They will, you know, they they don't. They're not going to. Oh, no doubt them. about no doubt about that, Pete. What were you what were you going to say before? We've kind of moved on, but I actually liked um, the carnage at the beginning of the Bathurst One Thousand. <coughs> pardon me, because um, it, it was a true endurance race. It finished up being a true endurance race. We had cars taped up. <coughs> And things. Yeah, well, it certainly did look at it. It certainly had that. But that's why it would be great to have more endurance races. And it looks, it's looking increasingly like the Sandown 500 will come back. And that's one of the delays that they've got with the calendar. The calendar is usually announced uh, in the in Bathurst week. Now, in an interview with Mark Fogarty on his Parked Up podcast, uh, Shane Howard from Supercars Australia was saying that he, the, the calendar is 95% sort of locked in. There's a few, uh, there's a few dots uh, that have got to be, a few I's that have got to be dotted, a few T's that have got to be crossed. But basically, they've got together the, 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 the calendar for next year. They haven't announced it yet, but the, the word around and you know, what's coming out of the teams is they believe that there probably will be a Sandown 500 next year, which would be um, 
I think it would be a, a really welcome thing, especially for all those co-drivers to you know, like to and, and and the teams to just get some you know to get some good experience behind the wheel, you know, get on the track, do a proper race in what will probably be damp conditions. Let's let's face it. I mean, you know, how many sand down, how many dry sand down five hundreds have there been? Hey, let's not forget the Gen Three's car coming, and everyone's getting a little bit of five minutes of testing here and there, but. Those co-drivers aren't going to be doing a huge amount of miles in that particular new car. And by all reports, a few of the drivers say it's a little fairly different. It's a completely different car from the, from the, the car we're driving now, the Gen 2 car to the Gen 3. Obviously, for all the reasons. I'm not going to go into conceptual stuff right now. But, yeah, they, those co-drivers are going to need some kilometres in those uh, those cars next year. And the, three, the old three endurance race format of Gold Coast, Sandown and Bathurst It'll it'll bring the fans back in masses. Yeah, well, as SB say, it obviously felt felt you know, pretty much the same as you, Pete. The increasing car numbers, the privateer teams, and the wild cards made the race feel like a classic. You know, safety cars, drivers, etc. And that was it. It was it, to, to have those extra cars in. There was only what I think it was the four of them was was there. But yeah, I'd like to see a few more wild cards. I'd like to see a few of the super two. But obviously, next year that won't be possible because they'll all be racing the Gen Three cars, and they may not have enough to go around. That seems to be the problem at the moment they're a bit there are Shane Howard and um and, and his team there were, were a bit concerned in having you know adequate numbers you know ready to go for the opening round at Newcastle next year so uh yeah hopefully they will get those cars on the on the track for next year but they are sort of struggling at the moment being uh, the aficionados that we've got below, like Knackers has just come up there and all the other different stuff, just two bits and pieces of information that did come out from the weekend. Uh, one, uh, what's Premier's owner, Peter uh, the, the, um, Zibris. Zibris. He bought Shane Van Gisbergen's car a couple of years ago. I think we might have even talked about it at the time on Full Course Yellow. So he paid a touch over 200000 for that car before it even really even raced, it, raced a mile yet. So... Uh, that's going to be celebrated. And he's already t- said that uh, Giz's car in a couple of rounds, when it's finally finished up, it's not even going to be raced again. It's going straight to the pool room because uh, when he bought it back then, he, he obviously hadn't won the championship yet. He's won a couple now. It's won Bathurst twice and et cetera, et cetera. So that is uh, going straight to the pool room, that particular car. And, and the other thing I saw as well too oh, is a little bit about uh, – getting sidetracked a bit is the uh, uh, Bathurst 12 hour next year is obviously taking some entries. And I did see the wall racing hurricane um, Lamborghinis already got entered in for it. And that's a very popular. Well, they're car. entered, they're entered for the Bathurst international, not for the 12 hour. And as you can see at the bottom, the Bathurst 12 hour at the moment, there's interesting sports car, three, six, five, the American publication has come up with this. They were speaking to uh, Mercedes head of motorsport and GT racing uh, during the recent Indianapolis uh, eight hours, which Mercedes, uh, which Mercedes won. You know, there's a few, a uh, few highlights of that on tonight's show on in pit lane, but they're very worried at the moment there's a, a it's not a war of words or anything but there is a, a basic disagreement between Stefan Rattel at SRO who are sort of you know, responsible for the Intercontinental GT Challenge of which Bathurst is the opening round and Supercars Australia who bought in and got into that because Supercars Australia basically want the race to be as it was this year. They want to keep it as a pro-am event because they want to try and encourage basically mostly local rich 
you know, rich individuals to come along and have their chance. They feel they'll get a better field in terms of numbers. They feel they'll get a better field for for the race, and obviously more money if they uh, if they make it basically a pro am race only, as it was this year. Whereas Stefan Rattel is saying, no, we want to, we wanted to go back to what it was, and that is we want full factory teams. We want full you know three gold standard or platinum standard drivers. We want to you know we really want to make it sort of you know the the elite. Uh, so there's a conflict between the two of them at the moment. The other thing that makes it really difficult is the fact that they're the second round of the Intercontinental GT Challenge uh, Championship is coming up at Kailami. The eight hours of Kailami is coming up uh, basically about a month later and Mercedes have already said there is no way that we're going to be able to get a car to Australia then to South Africa and then back to Europe. So they're saying we will have to send basically two cars and two teams or hire a car there and have it pre- presented or miss out on one of those races because uh, they just can't do they can just can't do that and then of course it was announced that there's you know another there's a new 12 hour GT3 race uh, which was announced only today actually for Sepang uh, around that time of year so Malaysia's getting back involved in uh, that it's just it's it's just such a crowded calendar and the, the logistics of moving cars around it's uh, everybody wants their slice of the pie now and the pot slices are getting smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where eventually people will go well, I don't want those crumbs so yeah just a bit of quick news as this um ses have just started evacuating seymour so oh okay so if you're watching us from if you're watching us from seymour right now don't go (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna see it hundreds yeah all they're evacuating hundreds of people around seymour right now as we speak so i've just got a notification yeah and that's i'm wondering if Richard? I was just going to say, I was wondering if you can even drive down to Phillip Island. Remember that time we had to go through the floods just past Bitten? Oh, oh God, yeah. I mean, there was so many times. I mean, it's not as bad as it used to be, but, yeah, like as I said, you know, growing up in, and sort of, you know, the family coming from Wonthaggy, every, basically every May school holidays, we'd get sort of an extra week of school holidays because we couldn't get back from Wonthaggy because the mouth of the Powlett would be flooded all around that area. Um, yeah, we, we, yeah, we got flooded. We had a couple of times down down there that was we were very lucky at the time though because that was when we had the sponsorship from the Ramada resort and we were staying there so we were quite comfortable <laughs> but um so and we were getting those pictures i mean as SB saying you know the pictures from Stone Corner are insane we had that I, I, you might have been there for that meeting for a Victorian States. I think it was a Victorian State round, or it could have been the Shannon's Nationals. And we woke up on the Sunday morning, getting ready to head out to the track. And uh, some of the people out there, and perhaps Nackers might have been one of them, just sort of you know had posted online. Um, have a look at the track. Nobody's racing today, and sure enough, sort of within about two hours of those pitches coming out um we were back on the track so it does drain really quickly there so at this stage what will is what will be the problem for this weekend if you're going down there they've already announced if you're going down on your bike not a major problem there is parking at or near the track but if you're going down in a car you cannot park anywhere on the what they're saying that you have to drive into cows park in cows and get the shuttle bus back to the track. 
Um, so that's the only thing because there is no car parking available at all, apart from sort of you know tender vehicles and you know, VIPs and all that nonsense. And but officials. People. Accessibility, accessibility. People, yeah, accessibility people. So if you're going down there and you need to get the, the you 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 will still get in. But if you're just you know, jumping in and saying, "Oh, yeah," like as I was planning to do, sort of, yeah, I might just go down and no, you, you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to get the uh, the other outrage. The other outrage that's come up in the last couple of days and it has been going on for weeks anyway is that uh, they put up a post two days ago and said. The Australian Grand Prix Corporation for MotoGP. Uh, don't forget to buy your tickets before you go because this year is the first year ah, they yes. can only be online. So, yes, you must pre-purchase your ticket. Obviously, have it in a digital wallet or a screenshot or whatever the QR code or barcode that, that they usually do. Must have your ticket prepaid because – and there's like, this is ridiculous. No camping, no parking, no no ticket at the gates anymore, blah, blah, blah. You don't want – and, yes, unfortunately, there will be people, but there's also saying that, well, will you give us a refund if it's rained out and we don't want to go and it's, or if it still runs and it's still limited? So just be wary, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to go – Please plan ahead. Put the day, a whole day aside. Be prepared for delays. Look, there could even be buses and coaches that are even going to have trouble dealing with the conditions that are on the way down there, et cetera. So you must prepay for your ticket online. And uh, Brett and I uh, do events from time to time and, and, and obviously have to enter it through different c- circumstances, whether it's press or, or a public. Please make sure you have your ticket ready as a photo on your phone or away because trying to get processed at the gate down there, you will have a lot of difficulty unless you have your digital ticket with you. Yeah, Doc and I were working out at Sandown on with similar conditions last Friday, and it was it was really unfortunate because there were so many people, and let's face it, it was an older demographic that was there, and people were just turning up and you know with the, their wallet in hand, saying, "Oh, where do I get a ticket, mate?" And get the cash you know, out. Had to, yeah, you had to say to them, "I'm sorry, but you got to go online," or oh, "I don't have a phone," and it was like, yeah, unfortunately, it's the way of the world now, and it's going to be the way for most of these major events in future. Is that you are going to have to book in advance and you are going to get the ticket on on your phone or printed out look uh, just a tip on behalf of people like doc and i who do these things print it out on the, it's much easier it scans a lot easier it's much well, more it's reliable be rain, have it have it have it folded up as well too don't have a song yeah keep it out <laughs> well yeah, we did have a couple of those oh here's my ticket it was just this black mess of <laughs> whatever okay. hey speaking of which, which before we uh, before we move on to more grand moto gp so a bit of formula one stuff i want to get this because this was this came this was announced today this was teased a couple of days ago of course we've seen sort of you know the hypercars mm. coming out with uh with uh, with people like, like ferrari and porsche uh cadillac peugeot all of those the honda acura all those cars that are running at the moment bmw the one that we hadn't seen was alpine now we still haven't seen the race car but coming up this weekend uh, out over in look at the start of the week over in in paris is the uh, the paris motor show the first time that's been held for many many a year and alpine are going to release something there which uh, is called the uh, the alpen glow and it's a concept car so they are hydrogen powered hypercar concept but if you're wondering what the car that's going to uh is going to look like on the uh, on the grid at Le Mans in 2024. It might look a little something like this.
The open glow is a unique optical phenomenon that appears just before sunrise. It symbolizes perfectly a new era for Alpine. A manifesto also signals the clean emission ambitions of Alpine. Alpine Glow opens a new chapter in Alpine's design history. We design from the inside to the outside. And the idea is to have this form follow function approach. We decided to put the driver in the middle and the two hydrogen tank on the sides and the light signature on the front. In this car, it will be stretched into something totally crazy. With hydrogen, our concept car represents the next step of our clean emission future. We decided, thanks to the tanks and to the exhaust pipe, to show the hydrogen and the vapor of water out of the car. The hydrogen technology, especially on the combustion mode, is the perfect vehicle for uh, sensations and passions and emotions that uh, a sports car is supposed to deliver. our vision of both future sport and road cars. Alpine Glow dares with innovation, elegance and sportiness. This spirit will drive our dream garage. Our manifesto combines driving pleasure with sustainable future. In the near term, our dream garage will be made of three fully electric cars. At the heart of Alpine DNA, it's racing. It's born from racing, made by racers, for racers at heart. We will keep that in all Alpines. Every Alpine will uh, deliver pleasure to drive. Putting aside all of the, uh, the sustainability and the uh, the vapor and the beauty and all the rest of it, it looks a lot like to me. Is it just me, or does that look an awful lot like the Peugeot that's running around at the moment in terms of the <laughs> lack of a rear wing and oh, also no. looks like a Vel Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's obviously style over substance, but of course the French do style over substance better than anybody else in You've the world. You've been going to the movies too much, Richard. <laughs> I need a life. <laughs> but you're right. No, you, 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 I think I, reckon, I agree with you. You nailed it, especially that uh, the sound effects. I think you just got you. <laughs> the sound effects were fantastic. I mean, I love <laughs> love that sound, but it, it does. I think you will find that that you know they, they won't. Be, I'm assuming they won't be using like the, the hydrogen. And technology, but I imagine that that car is. Oh, they don't talk about that, did they? I'm sorry, I was just, I was yeah. just so wrapped up in body. Rich, 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 rich. Right, you forgot to take like, your VR glasses off. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just open my eyes again. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Anyway, yeah, but I reckon it looks. I reckon it looks fantastic. I reckon it's a fantastic looking car. It and, uh, is, it to is. see that on the grid at uh, at Le Mans is going to be is going to be just br- brilliant to see something if like that. If the enthusiasm with doing that uh, showpiece, that media release that we just saw, is as good as the if the cars is as good as the media release, that um, it'll be it'll be fantastic. And look, but they are having. They're having a crack. Just before we go on to Nakas over there, the Avalon Air Show, I just and it does relate to this. Did you anyone see the presser for Speeder today? So 
uh, just to update. Oh yes! Oh god! Uh, well, just give it a chance. So early March this year, uh, they bought, everyone's very familiar with Ayrton Senna in motor racing, and um, his nephew Bruno Senna, who has, has, has you know was earned his ticket in Formula One many years ago, and he's done a, a lot of other uh, racing categories as well, though too. So Airspeeder. Uh, employed um, Bruno early this year, March 10th, and he's been hanging out there in, in South Australia over there, and they've been doing some test runs on some racing. So these can actually accommodate a human being in them if they want to. So they're using e-racer-type gamers, to world, world-class world gamers, to do these um, test runs, and they're actually you know, going okay over there. They reckon within 12 months they'll have two, two pilots in the thing and they'll be flying independently and racing each other out in the middle of nowhere. So it's, they're, not, they're still going. You, promo, you, you brought the promo up about, was it 18 months ago? When, you know? Oh, God, earlier than that. I mean, the first, the first stories we ran about it was way before, the, way before the pandemic. It was probably even before you joined. You know, so they've been on that. They've been sort of, you know, plugging that for for, for years now, and they're, they're well, sort of slowly but surely getting there. So they're yeah, I got the, I got that I got that press release, and I just looked, ah, oh, do I do there? Um, it, I must admit, it doesn't excite me terribly. It doesn't have to. You don't have to run it. Doesn't excite you. But I'll tell you what, though, those those things are, are absolutely. You know, they said that about jet skis back in the uh, 80s as well, though, too. And look at that. The jet skis have evolved into well, those things that they call sit-downs, which are not a real jet ski anyway. They're a joke. But anyway, um, they have to get people that can't actually balance and to sit on somehow. Hey, don't well, I'll be looking forward to it because, you know, air shows have never been dangerous, so I'll just go along up yes. there feel as safe as houses. Yes, yeah, I mean, well, that's, that's something, something we need. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, air shows frighten the hell out of me. I mean, you just you just just go onto YouTube at any stage and say air show tragedy, and right. you can you can absolutely waste a whole night of watching people being blown to pieces and burning to death. Well, I can guarantee one thing: this next yep. year for the air show, which usually happens every biannual year. This time around, the Russians won't be coming across. I can guarantee that. Well, you don't know. You can't guarantee that because they might. They, they might come across. They mightn't come across for the air for the air show, but they might come across. Here's a gift from us. Pete's got a got a pose there. You're an accessibility person now, I believe. That's, Is that according, a, to the, that's according to the yeah. MotoGP Corporation. Yes, I think so, yes. There were pe- people asking, I've got a disability, can I have access? And they, they would reply in a post, yes, uh, there is accessibility options available. Um, and they said, well, can you please tell us what they are? And they said, well, read the, read the disclaimer and read all the fine print. And they still came back and said, I've read it all. Can you please explain it still, still? And they said, yes, you can enter. We will be having a spot. Well, and you're looking at, well, why didn't you just tell us that in the first place? But anyway, now let's talk about, I mean, we, we, we do sort of preview the, the MotoGP in there. Um, Jack Miller, uh, very, very happy, said today he was absolutely buzzing to be back. Also interesting that today they had press conferences today down at uh, Phillip Island for the accredited media down there. Well, they had and, to uh, ride down. 
Yeah, well, I had the, the ride down. Incidentally, uh, I, I was wondering what happened to the, the, the famous Cranman ride down. That is not happening this year. In fact, it is not happening again at this stage. Uh, the city of Casey have uh, basically wiped their hands of it. They're not, uh, they've not. They've, they've cancelled, even before anything else had happened, they've cancelled this year's run and they've said they will no longer support the event. So, unfortunately, that part of the tradition of the, the Saturday morning, all riding down, uh, meeting together at Cranbourne and then you know heading down well, to, Craig to the island. Used, Craig Huggins and I used to do it. So I was part of the radio station. Craig Huggins was another one and we used to MC the event and uh, go through the crowd and I used to give away tickets each year to some of the riders out of the blue because back then you, you know, could buy them at the gate. So some of them didn't have tickets that were all lined up those thousands. So Huggy and I used to give them away and, and do uh, enjoy it every single year and I think probably the reason is so let's give it a couple of years i know a couple of people that will be running for council elections when they finally eventuate again and that will be probably one of the things that will be high on their priority when it comes around each year so I think, the argue, I think the argument was, and I can see this apart from the, it is the only sort of, there was traffic chaos every year that it happened, and uh, they said you know, a lot of the a lot of the, uh, the, the the shops there, particularly in at Cranbourne Plaza, and I spoke to a lot of them because I, I do a bit of shopping there, I know a few of those people, and they absolutely hated it because yeah. you could not get, you know, shoppers could not get into Cranbourne Plaza. That's right, the shops on the Saturday. inside... The shops on the inside hated it. The shops along the strips loved it because everyone would walk up and down and frequent the shops that were on the strip and a lot of businesses that were on the outside loved it because then they opened their doors, opened their gates and they used the roads. But either, the way, either way, it's not happening this year. So, I mean, if, yeah, you, if anyway. you're thinking of, well, I'll go down there. They did have the ride down with Jack and uh, Remy out of Melbourne on, on Wednesday. So and they, Brad. Uh, Yeah, and... Um, uh, Remy Remy Gardner is also saying uh, he sort of said you know he's, 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 he basically said this is a terrifying thought he said this will be my one chance possibly to ride a MotoGP uh, a MotoGP machine at Phillip Island so he's really sort of hanging out for it because I mean he's going to get two uh, two goes at it because he'll have a, he'll sort of warm up on the MotoGP bike uh, this weekend and then of course early in, in 2023 he'll come back as a part of the world, uh, the world superbike championship, and run uh, and run down there back again. But he, as he said, he said this could be, this might be the only Just chance on I ever get though. to run a MotoGP it's, it's, bike. So sorry. he's going to enjoy it. Okay. Just on that as well, though, uh, to uh, KTM. K- yep. KTM have un- yeah. KTM have unveiled their RC eight C racing prototype. Uh, for, from 12 months ago, they can confirm that 24 of these special track-only bikes will be coming to Australia next year. So there you go. Uh, that's hot off the press a few hours. So ago. you're putting in, you're putting in a you're putting in a you're putting in an order for one dock. Uh, I'll have to sacrifice a bit. The interest rates have gone up, remember? But, um, yeah, maybe I might get a second-hand one if uh, Jack finishes off, uh, writes one off or bins one in the first couple of rounds because, as I said, these are only, there's only 24 <laughs> that are coming to Australia. And usually after he wears out a bike or, or even at the drop of a hat after his race one, um, th- old Thriller will get rid of it. So 
I'll put my hand, catch up with him down there and put my hand up and say, yeah, oh, if the first one and cap off the rank you finish with, I'll have thanks, Jack. So... Well, as I said, if you tune over to uh, Channel 31 at mm. 9.30, you can watch our, our preview of that. And we've also got um, Dan Kelly as well for, for, for music as well. Yes, Richard? I just Richard, wanted to say, say before we go, with all this really uh, – yeah, yeah, Brett, just with, before we go, and we'll go soon um, – with all this terrible weather, I want to thank the marshals. I've watched them being out – Day after day, in the worst weather, they've just been doing a fabulous job. We just can't thank them enough. Everywhere, yeah. I mean, they're not getting because I mean, even though there's you know, there's two, you know, four wheels and two wheels, there is a huge crossover in terms of the the marshals. There's a big crossover between them, so there'll be. Well, we've seen you know, Dave him, Dave is going down there. Dave was at Bathurst last week, he was up at Morgan Park the week before, like doing a bit of some commentary work up there, but then he came back and he was doing sort of you know, the officials officialing at uh. At uh, at uh, Bathurst, he's he coming. He himself up into the office there. He, he thanked all the guys that were at the track because he was in the warmth. So, in, in so the warmth, yes. At least he paid <laughs> he paid tribute to the ones out there. Coughing. And then you've got Dave, and then you've got uh, our mate Jeremy will be down the there trace. on the weekend. Yeah, Shane Priest was up at Bathurst, uh, getting soaking wet and camping yeah. up there with yeah. all the rest of the people. So yeah, very. Oh, they're all mudlarks, aren't they? Yeah, that that's it. Okay. So, uh, anything else before we go? I'm just sort of looking through. I'm not sure that there's. Uh, well, you put it actually on the ticker, and I didn't know beforehand. This was not pre-planned. Congratulations to Mark Weber, uh, Joe oh, yes. Carlton, and and many others. I, I, I come up today. I saw a post from the first ten-pin bowling. I think what's her name? Uh, her name escapes me right now. But she she's been inducted to the first ten-pin. Pinky bowling. Tuscadero. Mm. That doesn't sound anything not like it, but that'll do. Run with that one. Hey, she's got to be called. Hey, she's like a she's a baller. She's got to be called like Pinky Tuscadero. I mean, you know, they're all called Pinky Tuscadero. You know, I'm in California. In Australia, the pink ladies from Greece, isn't it? Yeah, you know. Anyway, congratulations to all of them that have been inducted into the Sports Australia. Hall of Fame. That's that's yes. the acronym. And he's and of course Mark joins. Uh, Mark joins uh, Sir, Sir Jack Brabham, Alan Jones, Peter Brock, and uh, and and uh, Alan Moffat as uh, motorsport people. And I, I can say, I mean, us you know, from you know, patting ourselves on the back and feeling good about sort of you know like the what we've had over the years. Um, five motorsport people in the Hall of Fame. Five people that you know, we've interviewed on In Pit Lane over the years. So. So, um, yeah, so that was so. Congratulations to uh, congratulations to Mark and uh, yeah, I mean he's obviously uh, behind the scenes now doing his media stuff, but also working with Oscar Piastri and was uh, obviously very heavily involved in putting that deal together, the controversial deal, but uh, a deal that I think will be pretty good for young Oscar. Unofficial? No, he's a very official. He's very official manager. No, he's an official person, but. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah so here's the uh, – just a reminder, yes, so if you, if you didn't tune in at the start, Fast Friday, the return of drag racing to Calder Park, uh, of course, tomorrow has been called off. Also, the Drag Challenge, which is a, a great adventure where they basically drive all over Victoria, race at um, Mildura and Swan Hill and down at Eastcote and all the rest of it uh, over the course of the week. That's not happening either because of the – obviously because of the weather. 
keep our fingers crossed for Pete's hey, been called off. I've seen some picks already today. Yep. Yeah, so so that's all that's all called off. So it's going to be a fairly apart from the Grand Prix. So let's keep our fingers crossed for the Grand Prix to go ahead because there won't be much uh, much else on otherwise locally. Now coming up uh, next week on In Pit Lane, uh, I'm hoping to uh, have the first of our guests from this year's historic Sandown. Um, well, I'll more on that later. And as I said, the week afterwards, our guest will be uh, Neil Kearney to talk about uh, Longford. But anyway, I think that's uh, I think that's basically us done for the week because we, we want people to sort of you know go and have a go and have a pit stop go and have a toilet break or something and get ready for tonight's edition of in pit lane 9 30 on channel 31 or if you're watching on youtube uh stay on youtube and flick across there it'll go to where uh, it'll premiere live on youtube at 9 30 as well including bonus content bonus song and a bit of uh, sort of behind the scenes stuff with our guest tyran fleming but uh, tonight guys hope you enjoyed the earlier night it's absolutely throwing me for a loop i can tell you what but anyway uh, i was gonna say we'll, we'll get to bed at a reasonable time now you'll get to bed i'll still get to bed at a reasonable time a reasonable time a reasonable time for me to go to bed is 4 30 in the morning and that's probably what i'm gonna do tonight Brett's conversation between myself and brett this week was brett called me when i was asleep earlier in the week and the next morning i messaged him while he was asleep so that's that's how that's how we have to do things sometimes two ships passing Yes, you're you, yeah, you're asleep. You're asleep at eight thirty at night. I'm asleep when at, you were doing that. I'm asleep at eight. I'm at least at eight thirty in the morning. So, uh, so there you go. If I'm lucky. Okay, guys, have a good weekend. Stay safe. If you're going down anywhere on the anywhere on the road or track this weekend, stay safe, everybody. Uh, stay tuned for In Pit Lane on Channel Thirty One, and we'll see you next week at the earlier time of eight thirty here on Full Course Yellow. But until then, thanks for joining us, everyone. Bye for now. Happy MotoGP weekend.